hear so many different ideas about good health, how do you separate the myths from the facts? Welcome to Healthy View Radio with your trio of co-hosts, Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fennighaus. Today, you'll learn what it takes to be healthy and happy within a stressful world from three experts walking their talk. Here is Lisa, Andrea, and Michelle. Hello, all of you fabulous people. Welcome to another awesome episode of Healthy View Radio. This is the place where you get all the information that you wish you knew 10 years ago, but no worries. You are here at exactly the right time, learning everything you ever wanted to know about health and wellness from your most trusted sources, me, Andrea Beeman, and my co-hosts, Michelle Fenninghaus and Lisa Lutan. And today, we are talking about digestion, what's normal, what's not, and why it matters a lot. But before we take a bite out of this delicious topic, I'd like to thank Giovanni Cosmetics for making Echo Chic hair products that my hair loves. And if you would like your hair to get some good loving, go to GiovanniCosmetics.com forward slash HVR and get your $2 coupon. That's right, $2 off. Giovanni can be found at Sprouts, Kroger, or any Whole Foods, uh, Whole Foods, I was going to say Whole Foods restaurant, but it's not really a restaurant, is it? (laughs) You can eat there. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so uh so get on over there and get your giovanni um but first pick up our code pick up the code giovanni cosmetics forward dot uh, com forward slash hvr uh okay girls so uh on average because we're talking digestion here how often because you're health coaches how often are you dealing with digestive health issues in your practice with your clients or in your own life whoever wants to go first you just go in there no takers. Well, <laughs> I think it's a funny question because at on the out, outset, my clients don't come to me saying, oh, I'm suffering terribly with these pains or my digestion's not working properly. Nobody really comes to me with that so much every now and then. But it's hilarious because after a couple of weeks, they'll say, hey, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pooping a whole lot more easily, or they'll say it maybe in a more ladylike way than that, but they'll allude to this fact that they're noticing positive changes in their digestion. And I'll say, well, that's wonderful. <laughs> and they're just shocked. I've even had people say, um, they're almost alarmed. Oh my gosh, I am pooping so <laughs> much. And I'm like, well, what's so much? And they're like, every day. <laughs> All righty then. I think we're getting somewhere. Yeah. So I have to say it's similar. People don't really come to me for digestion, but oftentimes it comes up that it's an issue, whether they're you know leaning towards more diarrhea or constipation. I think it's something people have a really hard time talking about. You know, it's very personal. You're pooping, and so it does come up, and it, it comes up a lot after they've done um, after they've taken out foods when they've done elimination, and they see a real change in their digestion. And then it's really something they're going, wow, I don't have to live with that. And I think that we do think that we're just born a certain way and that's how our bodies operate, never realizing that it might not be true. There might be something really going on there. Yeah. So I, I like to tell my clients that this is the beginning part of their digestive system and I'm pointing to my lips and the anus is the end of the digestive system, right? And if they put one finger... 
Say again. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to point to that too. That's right, I am. And I want to tell you that when you're in the shower, I want you to put one finger on your lips and then I want you to put one finger on your anus. <laughs> <laughs> Right? There needs to be in the shower. Like, why can't Because you got to clean it immediately. <laughs> but you're going to see that it's the same exact material and it's one tube. The digestive system is one tube, right? So it starts here and it ends there. So if you're eating every single day, guess what? You better be pooping every single day. And when my clients tell me, you know, because one of the first questions that I ask them, even if they don't want to talk about poop, I say, how often do you go to the bathroom? And when I was first starting my practice, this one gal said to me that, oh, I go like once every two weeks. And I'm like, once every two weeks. Now, I remember being a chronic dieter and I would go once every three days, right? And then I would take tons of X-lax and everything to get everything moving out of there. But once every two weeks, I couldn't even comprehend that on any level. Did she think that was normal for yes. her? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And she was a very big gal. So, you know, a lot of stuff was staying on the inside and that is toxic. The longer the food sits in the colon, the more toxins are reabsorbed back into the body. So it's, wow. That's wow, that's huge. And we're not just talking toxins like, um, you know, chemicals or pesticides or environmental toxins, but things like estrogen. Yes. You're not moving that out. Estrogen needs to circulate. And if it's not going out your body, it's getting reabsorbed. And that's when estrogen dominance becomes a problem. And think how awful you feel. Like who wants to go work out when you're carrying like a, you know, a watermelon in your belly, you know, like you're walking around with all this excess stuff. No wonder you don't want to move. It's true. Now let's, um, like, I know we're on the subject of poop. Like nobody wants to talk about it, but it's the first (laughs) thing that came out. Um, so how many times per day you're asking us. That's okay. I feel strongly about this. I feel like I men will walk around and brag about the dump they just took, you know? Oh my God. <laughs> they are proud of it. They'll come out of the bathroom and roar. And for women, it's not okay. In fact, there's this interview that Howard Stern did with Donald Trump, and they are talking about how perfect Melania is to the point that he doesn't even think she poops. She poops for years. <laughs> right? And a- as evidence of how perfect a woman could be. And I just think this is all kinds of messed up. So yes. I'll answer your question, Andrea. I go once a day when I'm lucky. I actually have a difficult time with this. Like I tend to get constipated. So I'm very um, aware of eating enough fiber and drinking enough fluids. And if I don't go, I'm like, okay, what, what do I need to do differently? Very yeah, smart. So, yeah, I'm the same. You know, I, <laughs> I definitely veer towards that constipation, but I grew up in a family where my grandfather would say, it's going to be a good day. <laughs> <laughs> And so I was really used to talking about this and my husband was mortified. Like, he's like, your family's obsessed with poop. And I'm like, isn't everyone, you know? So (laughs) he still to this day gets like so upset with me if I bring up this subject, but I think it is so important to talk about. And, and I'm like you, Michelle, like there are days that I don't go, but I do have SIBO. And I know that that is also part of the issue with SIBO is that something isn't working in my body correctly. So I, I'm really obsessed on figuring out how to fix that so that it is, you know, regular every single day. 
Well, that's true because y'all. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was was just going to say impaired motility in your digestive tract can actually be a reason that you have SIBO and a reason that things are not moving that they they should be in general. Right. Yeah. So, um, uh, similar to, uh, to you gals, um, I go once per day and, um, uh, when I travel, I get constipated. If I'm in a new environment, I I'll get constipated. It's like, um, in, uh, uh, energetic and spiritual medicine, your colon is connected to your safety, right? Mm-hmm. Your ability to provide, find shelter. So when I'm in a new environment, in a new town, in a new place, I it always happens. Like the first day I'll be constipated until I get really comfortable within that environment. And I feel like it's okay to release. I can relax. <laughs> <laughs> that happens to me too. I yeah. actually don't like traveling for that reason, because if I'm going to be away for a week, I might not go for like three, four or five days. And then I get home and I'm like, thank God. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And when you add different time zones in there, it can like totally mm-hmm. mess you up. You know, if you're a morning pooper and then suddenly morning becomes afternoon, like your body's so confused. I think this is pretty common. Yeah. I actually had clients who um, are in the health and wellness industry, right? And they, uh, when I ask them how often they poop, they'll say, oh, I go th- uh, three to four times per day. And if they're suffering from deficiencies, I'm like, of course you're suffering from deficiencies. Three, and they think it's healthy. They say, I go three to four times per day. It's really, really healthy. You know, I, I'm going all the time. And I'm like, no, it's actually not really healthy. <laughs> go ahead, Lisa. So I actually heard that was healthy. And that like, you know how dogs, you have a new dog, you should learn this. They eat, <laughs> they poop, they eat, they poop. Like and babies. I actually heard that humans <laughs> were supposed to do this as well. And that that might be a sign that things are good. So this is interesting to learn that it might not be. Yeah. If you're going a lot, right? You have to first look if it's a normal solid poop and it's well-formed and it's one piece, then you know, it's a good, healthy poop and you have a very fast metabolism and that's great. If it is broken in pieces, then something's happening where it's not being, um, contracted in the large intestine and the water's not being reabsorbed back into the system. So, you know, that that's a large part of the large intestine's job is to, but to have that feces be uh, con- contracted and the water reabsorbed and vitamin C and anything else that's left that's actually nutritious for the body to be reabsorbed. So if you are loose three times a day or four times per day or five to six times per day and you're exhausted and you're deficient, then something's happening where you're not um, you're not getting everything that you need. And it's just kind of passing through, so to speak. Right. Like if you, um, if you eat beets, beets are a great way of testing your metabolism, you know, how things are working and how long it should take something to go through. If you eat beets today, what's today, Thursday, and you don't see something pink out the other end in a day or two, you know, stuff's not moving through quick enough. But if it comes out like that, or like you said, Andrea, like three, four, five, six, seven times a day, your body's not having a chance to absorb what it needs to absorb. So, um, you guys are probably familiar with, I want to make sure all of our listeners Google, or we'll put a link in the show notes to the Bristol stool chart. Oh, you guys. Think yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, it basically, you know, you can see pictures of what Andrea was talking about. If it's a one long formed mm-hmm. piece of poo, what that means. If it's all piece broken. Of poo. Piece of poo. <laughs> an, S shape, an S shape or a C shape, all that kind of stuff. But go get your beats and do the beat test right now. We want to know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and if you eat your beets and by the end of the show you're pooping red, just go right to the hospital. 
Do not pass go. Just right to the emergency room. <laughs> you know how you said when you travel, you get constipated. Well, um, I had just in terms of lifestyle things that can, can affect your digestion. Years ago, when I got nervous, like if I had to be on, say, a live radio show or <laughs> happening in my life that was giving me a lot of agita, I mean, loose, 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 loose. I would have to run to the bathroom. It just all evacuates. And, you know, like you were saying, it's not a good sign. When that yeah, and that's a sign of stress because when stress is high, your digestive system is going to be affected every single time. For some people, it'll bind you up. They'll get so stressed that they can't um, release. And some people, it'll be like, phew, goodbye, right? Uh, you know, uh, scared shitless is, is the word. Or, <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> scared the shit out of me or scared shitless. Those are the two yeah. terms. <laughs> yeah, those are thinking weird. about that. <laughs> you know what I just started thinking about is like you hear those marathoners that start like pooping while they're running. Like what's going on with that? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, but I guess it's, you know, all the impact maybe on the on the colon and it, it maybe it's weak. The sphincter gets weak and it just releases. I don't know. But do they wear diapers? I mean, what's the story on that? I don't know. It's pretty gross. Know. I'm sorry. They just run and poop at the same time? Yeah, like there was some marathoner she won and she like shit, like dripping <laughs> down her leg. Oh, stop. <laughs> You're not going to pull over and take a break. You're going to beat your record. Oh my God. <laughs> Price for fame and fortune. I don't know. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, we'll all have to pay more attention. Uh, the Boston Marathon's coming up in a couple months. Wait, so. I have to tell you something so funny. So before I gave birth to one of my babies, I remember it was probably the first baby. The nurse said, you know, don't worry if you, t- you know, something comes out while you're pushing. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and she goes, don't worry. We'll just whisk it away. And I'm like, <laughs> like I was mortified that I was going to like poop, you know, like while I was giving birth, I didn't know it was something really common. And it became like a joke for years and years. Don't worry, we'll just whisk it away. Oh, that sounds so <laughs> lovely. And yes. So like, how dare you pass anything out of your rear when you are pushing a human <laughs> form out of your very body. Oh my God. And that's what we worry about. We worry about that. <laughs> that is like, that's a very good nugget right there that explains exactly what women are up against. We are creating freaking life and we're right. worried about a little bit of poop. A little poop, maybe a fart, right? right? Oh, mortified. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> like, this is not right. I just think it's part of a larger cultural issue. Like we need to be allowed to have our body functions for God's sake. Yes. We're allowed to fart. (laughs) Yes, we are. (laughs) When I was first uh, with Pablo, the first year we're together, um, you know, like I I said, all right, I'm going to go take a poop. You know, I'm going to go to the bathroom. What? What? Like shocked. Like what? Are you going to what? And I'm like, yeah, you know, in the bathroom, I'm going to go. So just, I'm just going to be a little bit, you know, 10 minutes or something like that. And he was like, you can't tell me that. I'm like, okay, I'm going to let you know now if we're going to be in a relationship that I poop and I fart, I burp, I burp, it happens. Uh, you know, I get eye boogies. It's, you know. This- <laughs> well, that right? reminds me of um, this email I got. I wrote a blog post the other day about digestion and I touched on this sort of feminist issue. And someone wrote me back a similar story. I had a boyfriend who dumped me in college because he said that he was really uncomfortable with me passing gas in front of him. And his mother never did that. And it didn't seem like something girls should do. Oh, my God. 
That's hard. Good riddance. I'm yes. glad he dumped her. Yeah, get it. Get yeah. Yes. He, yeah, he didn't dump her. He gave her freedom to be a human being for the rest of her life. Yeah. <laughs> well said. Oh my gosh. I bet we have other stories like that. I want to hear from, from our listeners, you guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your and your, your stories and our comments. We'd love to hear them. Just don't post any pictures on the Facebook feed. We're okay with that. We got the Bristol test, right? Don't post any <laughs> pictures of the poop. <laughs> but we'd love to hear your poop stories. You know, where are you struggling? Uh, is it an issue for you? Uh, how is your digestive system functioning? And, you know, like Lisa and Michelle said, most clients, including mine, don't even realize that they have a digestive issue until it starts functioning. They're used to it not functioning for so long that, you know, it's like, oh, I didn't go for three days or four days or, you know, I'm bloated and distended. But, you know, that's normal. Not normal. And we're going to talk about a lot of that stuff uh, when we come back. We're going to take a, a short break. Very, very short break. So short that you probably have time to go poop. <laughs> right? Because digestive health is so important to us that we're just going to keep rolling along with this and chatting and chewing and, you know, farting and all that other stuff about this essential topic. And when we come back, we're going to be speaking with our very own Michelle Benninghaz. Look how cute she is. What are, what are you drinking over there, by the way? Oh, this is just some tea. I got a big box from Mountain Rose Herbs the other day. I'm psyched it, about it. It looks like a beer, a beer oh, mug. Yeah, it is in my husband's <laughs> beer mug. I couldn't find another <laughs> mug. Very nice. Yeah, that's great. Cheers. So we're going to be talking to this drunk Michelle when we come back <laughs> and thoughts on her experiences with digestive health and all that stuff. And later on in the show, we have Angela Eusis, and she encourages women to slow down and feed their mind, body, and spirit with healthy habits and nutrient-rich foods. And speaking of nutrient-rich foods, have you guys and gals tried uh, Four Sigmatic Matcha yet? It's awesome. It contains ginger, astragalus, matcha green tea, and lion's mane for brain health. Just in case you were wondering why I'm so darn smart, it's all in the matcha. Uh, go to foursigmatic.com forward slash HVR and get 15% off any of their mushroom blends. And don't go away because we're going to be back in a few moments with our own superstar, Michelle, and more on digestive health. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you sick of striving for a vision of healthy that just doesn't exist? Join the club. Expert health coaches Andrea Beeman, Michelle Fenighaus, and Lisa Lutan are more than just voices on the radio. They're here to help you make real change in real life. Join their Facebook community. HealthyViewRadio.com to ask questions, get behind the scenes, and receive early access to special offers and events. Again, you can connect at HealthyViewRadio.com. Remember to subscribe to Healthy View Radio on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. 
out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fenighaus with Healthy View Radio. Do you have a question or comment for the show? Please call us right now at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send us an email from our Voice America radio page. You'll find connections to reach any of the hosts there. Now, back to Healthy View Radio. Hey guys, welcome back to Healthy View Radio. I'm Lisa Lutan. I'm here with my fun and fabulous pooping co-stars, Andrew Beeman and Michelle <laughs> Benninghouse. Oh, we're having such a good time today. But I would like to thank our sponsor, Vapor Organic Beauty. And I have to tell you, can you see my skin? I'm wearing their primer. I'm wearing their little stick foundation right now and their lip color I think it's called siren madam and I'm loving this like I'm really particular with what makeup I wear because like my skin is super important to me like everyone else but I take really really good care of my skin and I'm really particular and I have to say this goes on feeling really smooth and really nice and if you can see me you look gorgeous. You look Thank gorgeous, you. darling. Thank you, darling. Lisa forgets so, this is a radio show. Oh, sorry. <laughs> All right, those of you who are live streaming can see me. Those of you who are not, sorry. Anyway, I'm loving these. I'm also using this vapor um, deodorant, which I have been talking about because it goes on really smooth, and I'm really digging it. So if you want to check out vapor, go to vaporbeauty.com and spell vapor, V-A-P-O-U-R. And you will save 20% if you use the code HVR for Healthy View Radio. So go check them out. Can't say enough about them. And now I am beyond excited to introduce our next guest, our very own Michelle Fenninghouse. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Michelle has been featured on ABC, CBS, NPR, and in the movie Lemonade with her inspiring story of healing from anxiety, fainting spells, and IBS. Since then, she's helped thousands of overworked, high-achieving women around the world overcome health issues and feel their full power. Michelle also appears in the curriculum at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, where I went, (laughs) and acts as a member, as a mentor for health coaches. She's a dedicated yogi and mommy to two little boys. She also happens to be smart as a whip. What? <laughs> and she's an amazing coach to so many health coaches out there. So if you're a health coach and you, you're going to want to go join her Facebook group after this, because I haven't learned tips in there that are fabulous. So you can learn more at findyourbalancehealth.com. Michelle, welcome to our show. Well, thank you, Lisa. And I just want everyone to know that I did not write I was smart as a whip in my own bio. (laughs) Yeah, I had lived a little bit there. (laughs) She's so modest. Yes. (laughs) So, Michelle, I'm just curious, what did you have for breakfast today? Well, just earlier, we were, you know, Andrew was asking us how often we use the toilet, use the, the little girl's room, as it's called. And I said once a day, but not, not always once a day, because I have a hard time with constipation, personally. 
So um, this morning for breakfast, I knew, hey, I got to get things moving. So I make this breakfast. With, uh, it's a quarter cup of oat bran, a quarter cup of seeds like flaxseed and sesame seeds and chia seeds all ground up. And then I add a little bit of pureed pumpkin and enough water to mix it all together. Hot water. It's basically an instant bowl of oatmeal. You know, <laughs> you add the hot water and boom, it's ready to go. And that's what I had for breakfast today. So talk to me in about another uh, 12 hours or so, and we should be moving along just fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And now besides pooping, what is the one thing you do every day that has the greatest <laughs> impact on your life? Can you believe I wouldn't have even thought of that? And that was the most <laughs> obvious answer. <laughs> Good one, Lisa. Hey. I mean, I got to say the most important thing that I do every day is sleep. I know everybody sleeps, but prioritizing sleep, that is something I don't see a lot of people doing. And I protect my sleep like a like a mama bear, you know? Anyone tries to get near my sleep and I'm like, get away from me. Even my own kids. I'm like, don't open my door because it's hard when you got little kids. And then I think it's hard for just about everyone to get enough sleep. So I am in bed. I have a little wind down routine that I do. And that is incredibly important for the rest of my life working properly. Couldn't agree more with that one. Totally. And what is your guilty pleasure? Well, I really like the Americans. I really like Game of Thrones. We get on these Netflix kicks, you know, my husband and I. And I feel like so much of my day is taking care of business, taking care of my clients, taking care of my kids, taking care of this, taking care of that. That like, if I got an extra 30, 60 minutes at the end of the day where I can just lie on the couch and zone out to Netflix, that is my guilty pleasure. Amen. Amen to that one. Okay, let's get back to this very weighty subject of digestion. So what should our digestion be like? You know, for someone just joining us right now, what does normal digestion look like? Well, first of all, it should be comfortable. It should, you shouldn't really have to think about it very much. You know, you shouldn't be in the bathroom like, oh, you know, it shouldn't take you 30 minutes in the bathroom, you know, tell him I got to talk to my husband about that one. (laughs) (laughs) No, it should just be like, uh, you know, how easy it is to breathe. If your breathing was constricted, you'd be like, I'm having a hard time breathing. But for some reason, we kind of get like that with our excreting and don't say anything. So first of all, it should be comfortable. And the other thing it should be is regular and regular, as we mentioned earlier, doesn't mean once every two weeks regular, regular means once to two times a day. Okay. And what are some signs that things are not normal? What are some warning signs for us? Well, gosh, you know, it's interesting because some of them are obvious, right? So when you're doubled over in gas pain, I probably spent like a good five to 10 years of my life doubled over in gas pain, not understanding why and having to like go hide in the bathroom and all my friends were out like dancing at a club then you know something's off, right? If you're having obvious digestive symptoms, but sometimes it's not so obvious. So if you suffer from allergies, if you suffer from eczema, if you are um, dealing with anxiety or depression, you know, mental health issues, uh, things that go beyond just the obvious digestion related stuff, those can all be signs that there's an imbalance or a breakdown in your gut. And so why is digestion a feminist issue? 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, again, as we mentioned earlier, I feel very strongly that the reason women and women do tend to have more digestive issues than men, celiac disease, more often women, um, there, I think there's a real reason for that because we are taught from the get-go that it's not okay to go. It's not it's okay. unladylike. It is unladylike. Little right? girls should be, uh, what is it? Seen and not heard and certainly not smelled. Oh, That's man. right. Their poop should smell like roses. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Mine does. Doesn't yours? Yes, of course. Roses and flowers and every, everything floral out of my butt. <laughs> right? So we grow up and this is, mo- I don't know anyone actually ever told me that in such words, but it's what's modeled for us. And, and you, to the point that we can't even conceive of using a restroom if we're out like in a public place, you know, we'll wait till we get home because there's no way we're risking that kind of embarrassment. But I think it's also... Um, that women tend to be in caretaker roles. So a mother, you know, how many moms out there know that they don't have five minutes to themselves to use the bathroom or don't make time to use the bathroom. Women will even get urinary tract infections because they're holding it all day because maybe they're a nurse and they're running around, running around, running around, they're a teacher or whatever it is. And we don't, as caretakers, I'm not saying men are not ever caretakers, but women tend to be in these roles where we don't have time for ourselves. If we do make it to the bathroom, it is a stressful couple of minutes that we're rushing through. And so I think that too is a, it's a cultural issue that leads to women suffering with more digestive trouble. Do you think that's why we're having so many, so many people with digestive issues right now? I mean, some of the factors of that, because it seems like digestive issues are like going through the roof, like everybody all of a sudden has digestive issues, right? So yeah, I mean, all that, of that stuff, the yeah. stress levels, you know, absolutely. But I mean, and this is not just for women, but it's the food we're eating, people. It is the food we are eating, or I'm, I'm going to put food in quotes, right? The stuff that we are putting into our bodies that's causing, I mean, you go into the drugstore, there's a whole aisle of digestive remedies. I mean, I understand if once in a while, oops, accidentally ate something, oops, have a little bit of stress, you have heartburn or you know, every now and then you might have a trouble, but the point that you have to buy a whole huge bottle of it again and again, you just follow the money. If there's an industry for this kind of thing, there's a reason. And then you could just look at the other part of the drugstore where they're selling the Doritos and the this and the that, and there's your answer. Yeah. And I'm also going to suggest that it's not only what we're eating, but what we're not eating. So we're not, you know, majority of people are not eating enough quality fiber and vegetables and all that stuff in the mucilaginous foods that will coat the intestines. So you're right. If you go into the drugstore, you're going to see what the world looks like, right? That's what people are eating. That's a great point about what we're not eating. When you mentioned the fiber, did you know, like our, we talk about paleo eating, like it's all the, you know, eat bacon and eat steak and, uh, you know, and like, yeah, sure. I'm sure our ancestors ate meat for sure, but they ate a lot of fiber. They ate like 55 to hundred grams of fiber per day. And you know how many grams of fiber the average American is eating? Negative, negative 10. Like probably negative 10. <laughs> I, I, I've heard 15 grams as an average. Wow. Yeah. But you know what the problem is? A lot of people say, oh, I need extra fiber. So they go out and buy fiber one cereal, you know, that's loaded with crap or they go get a fiber enhanced supplement or, you know, those, um, I don't know, all those like things you buy in the drugstore that have right. like, instead of eating an apple. 
Yeah, instead <laughs> of eating food that has fiber in it. And so mm -hmm. there's still this like misunderstanding about what that looks like, I think, in your diet, what it means to actually have a diet full of fiber. There's so much confusion still around all this stuff. And there's also a lot of confusion around probiotics, how they affect and fermented foods, you know, how they affect digestion. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. It's such an interesting area. I mean, Andrea has been in this business a long time, you know, in the, in the time, 10 years I've been in this business, I have seen this conversation about fermented food probiotics, the gut microbiome go from, we don't really know. And now we're at, we know a little bit. And now we know that there's so much more that we don't know. <laughs> so yeah. it's really fascinating. So my take on probiotics is that, well, you know, you can take them. <laughs> However, <laughs> I feel like the best way to repopulate the gut, and that's one of the things you need to do when you are repairing your gut, you need to take out the uh, processed food, take out the things that are stressing out your system. You have to repair the lining of your digestive system. You have to add in things like bitters. You have to make your system more able to work. And so you will want to re-inoculate because many of us have a gut bacteria population that is way off from where it should be. Maybe we're supposed to have 100,000 different bacteria in there, just pulling that number out of the sky. And instead we have five, you know? So that's a problem. We need to repopulate with other kinds of bacteria. So when you're taking a probiotic off the shelf and you can look at the label and see which strains of bacteria are in there. Sometimes it's one, sometimes it's 10, but we're talking you know, that, that's a small fraction that some guy in a lab came up with to put into that pill. So my preferred way of re-inoculating the gut is through fermented foods, which happens in a symbiotic relationship with the environment that you live in, if you make it yourself. Just one little note, if you do have SIBO, which is bacterial overgrowth, you do have to be really careful with probiotics because you can be repopulating the bacteria in the wrong place. So I just want to, you know, throw that into that. Just it's not a blanket thing, but for most people, probiotics do work. Um, but why do fermented foods do that for us? Like explain that because there's always a lot of questions around that. Well, fermented food is growing uh, unknown beneficial bacteria. I don't know what the strains are in the ginger carrots that I got sitting over here. Oh, I should have brought them over so I could show them to you. They're bubbling <laughs> Did you make away. them yourself? Yeah, I make them myself. It's super oh God, easy cool. to make. I make sauerkraut, I make kimchi. And first of all, it's the easiest thing you ever did. You just throw some stuff in a jar and walk away. It cooks, it cooks, <laughs> cooks <laughs> you can't really ask for better than that, but it's cool because these are vegetables and maybe the vegetables come from your garden. I'm not going to lie. My vegetables came from the grocery store, but whatever. And then you're using, uh, your hands and your bowl, you know, to mix them together. So it's all, you know, they're part of your environment and even better if they did grow in your own organic garden outside your house. So the air that you're breathing and the bacteria that's in your environment is the same stuff that's grown inside the vegetables. And I believe that this is how nature works, right? If you grow your own food and you prepare your own food and you ferment your own food, that food's going to give you what you need to thrive in your environment. That's a symbiotic relationship. I like that. I like that too. That cool. I'd hire her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. I, I, I want to learn how to make, maybe you could do a little uh, Facebook live on fermenting veggies. I'd really love to watch that one. Oh yeah. I have one on um, my Facebook page for ginger carrots and I'm going to be doing kimchi in two weeks. 
Love yes. kimchi. One of my favorite. I love. Oh you know what's funny about kimchi? You can what? add so much hot pepper to kimchi and like it, it, it absorbs and absorbs and absorbs. Like I can't get it spicy enough. I'm on a quest for super spicy kimchi. Wow. <laughs> Have you tried like different types of uh, peppers to put in there? Yeah. Fresh peppers, dried peppers. I'll just take the whole darn thing of cayenne pepper and like dumping it in. I think this is going to do it this time. <laughs> and it's still like, it's spicy, but I'm like, man, what do I got to do? So uh, I keep working on it. It's fun. So one last quick uh, digestive question. You know, there's a lot of confusion around grazing, eating mini meals through the day versus three meals a day. And I'm curious your thoughts on that. I feel very strongly about this, but more from a blood sugar perspective than a digestion perspective. Well, no, both. I mean, on one hand, like let's say you have a car and you drive your car all day long, every day, the car is going to crap out on you in a couple of years, you know, versus if you just drive it once in the morning, once in the afternoon, once at night, you know? So it's the same thing with your digestive system. If you're working it constantly, 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 constantly digesting food, it's like your body never has a chance to catch up with some of the deeper detoxification efforts that it's trying to do. And you're never giving your damn system a break. And that in and of itself is not a good idea. But the other reason I don't like the idea of grazing is because uh, you're not, if you need to graze, it means you're not eating properly at mealtimes and your blood sugar is imbalanced. Michelle, will you tell our listeners where they can find out more about you? Right here on Healthy View Radio. They could come every <laughs> single week and see her for God's sakes. <laughs> yeah, sure. Listeners can find me at my website. In fact, if you go to findyourbalancehealth.com slash digestion, I've put together a little digestion guide for you along with digestive friendly uh, recipes, which includes the kimchi. And there's a little uh, shopping list in there for you too. So it's findyourbalancehealth.com slash digestion. Super cool. Very exciting. I actually have really enjoyed this conversation today. You know, I think about we'll pooping. invite her back next week. We'll, we'll bring her back. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> oh, so. so thrilled. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so after the break, we will be talking to Angela Yusis. So don't go very far, anybody. We have uh, so much more to share. Talk to you soon after the break. <laughs> Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you sick of striving for a vision of healthy that just doesn't exist? Join the club. Expert health coaches Andrea Beeman, Michelle Fenighouse, and Lisa Lutan are more than just voices on the radio. They're here to help you make real change in real life. Join their Facebook community. HealthyViewRadio.com to ask questions, get behind the scenes, and receive early access to special offers and events. Again, you can connect at HealthyViewRadio.com. Remember to subscribe to Healthy View Radio on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Do you ever have an off day? Or is your life positive and uplifting? Making Life Brighter is a forum for positive, inspired, and contemplative thought, showcasing experts in their fields, including authors, musicians, and artists. Your host, Winifred Adams, will bring to life topics to stimulate and make your life brighter. We want to hear from you. Be sure to tune in Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fenighaus with Healthy View Radio. Do you have a question or comment for the show? Please call us right now at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send us an email from our Voice America radio page. You'll find connections to reach any of the hosts there. Now, back to Healthy View Radio. Welcome back, everyone. I hope this episode has been easy for you to digest so far. We've covered several different ways to keep your body working properly and enhance digestion because it's at the root of good health. Now, in this segment, we're going to meet Angela Eusis and talk about another important aspect of women's health. I had the pleasure of meeting Angela years ago when I was presenting at the Holistic Moms Network in the Washington, D.C. area, and her presence is just Stunning, just a light in the world. So I'm going to give you a formal introduction. Angela is a prenatal yoga teacher, holistic health coach, and every pregnant mama's cheerleader, mentor, and friend. Her passion is to support and empower pregnant women. She encourages them to slow down. Hey, that's good for everyone. And feed their (laughs) mind, body, spirit with healthy habits and nutrient-rich food. She strives to create a loving community of sisterhood among women. And she's here with us today. Welcome, Angela. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, we've been like in contact a little bit through the years. I'm always seeing you on Facebook, running your sugar things. And anyway, we've been talking about digestion. So first, I, I was just curious, are there any digestion-specific issues that come up when working with pregnant women? Yeah, I think that, you know, as women move through in their later trimesters, um, there's less space and there tends to be more constipation or just a hard time eating the right amount and, um, you know, so yes, yeah, things get a little tricky for women as time goes on. They sure do. <laughs> <laughs> I think I may have met you when you were pregnant or I was pregnant. Maybe we were both pregnant, but you, I want to know. Um, oh, do you I remember? you were pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. You had your second. I was pregnant with my third when we met. Pregnant with your third. So. You've- three babies. And I don't know if you've had your babies in hospital settings or at home, but what drives you crazy about the way pregnant women are conventionally cared for in the United States? Um, I, first off, I had my babies at home and I, I really think it's more where women choose to birth. Um, So what drives me crazy is women not given the information that they need to make choices. Um, When I was pregnant with my daughter, who is my oldest, we were, you know, I had a regular guy. Now I was going to the appointments and around 15 weeks in, I said, so what are my options? You know, I'm want to do a natural birth. What do you think about a midwife or, you know, what kind of options do I have? And she totally shut down and basically, you know, waved me goodbye. Um, (laughs) And so I feel like in conventional medicine, it's really challenging that there are women who have questions. They just want a place to collect information. And if it doesn't align with what the doctors are offering, then I feel like oftentimes they're shut down. You know, they, they just dismiss what women 
would like to know, know or explore. So I really want to advocate women in the sense of letting them know there's so many choices you get to make in your pregnancy. You know yourself the best. You know what your family wants. You know what you want to offer to your children. And there are different ways to find what you're looking for, but not to feel, you know, shut down or not to feel like they can't ask questions without being dismissed. So. That's a great, that's a great point made. I think a lot of times, especially first time moms don't even, I remember, I didn't even know what I didn't know. Right. And you know, I mean, you don't know. So I think that's why it's so important to build this community of sisterhood you three are, you know, you, Lisa and Andrea have been doing your own thing. Now you're together, you're stronger, you're, you know, impacting more people, you're making a bigger difference. The same is true when pregnant moms or new moms come together and share what their experiences are, learn together, support each other. It's so important. And you don't know, but you learn through talking and women love to talk. So it's a good combination. Um, so I, I really agree. want to foster. And doesn't a it safe increase? Place? Like, doesn't oxytocin? Doesn't oxytocin increase in community when we're talking to each other? That uh, it boosts your immunity and your your love and all that stuff. It does, yeah. And I mean, it makes sense because we feel heard, right? We feel like a part of something. We're humans. We're made to be together. We're not made to be by ourselves. And so, the more we can come together in sisterhood or just supporting each other as women. Yeah. We breathe a little better. We feel better. It's, it's really important, especially when you're in pregnancy because it's such a vulnerable time as well as new motherhood, right. It can be totally overwhelming. Uh, I had, I had postpartum depression with my oldest and felt so isolated. And, you know, part of what I'm trying to build too is that women oftentimes don't necessarily live near family. And so it can be, very lonely. And yeah, so what you're doing, Angela, is you're helping pregnant women recreate that community that seems to be missing from so many of our lives. We're not living close with our sisters and our mothers and our aunts and our, you know, all the women who can help us through these times. And, and, and you, it sounds like you're filling that gap. I'm trying to, I'm really passionate about it. I don't feel like any woman should be alone. I have friends, even right now, a new mom who her family lives far away and we're just trying, I just want to be there for women. I don't want women to feel like they have to figure this out on their own. I feel like so many women have different things come up in pregnancy, right? From our past or what we're going into with becoming a parent or a mother. And I am trying to fill that gap. I want to bring women together and support them. And I feel really blessed. I've actually found another organization this woman, Cynthia, has created called Mommy Stud Mommies, and she basically brings women together that are within three or four months of each other's due dates. And, mm-hmm. you know, she and I are partnering up because together I'm offering services to women of take care of yourself, do prenatal yoga, be mindful, connect with baby, eat well. We all know how important it is to eat well, and it's hard sometimes to figure out what that is for our bodies and what changes as we're pregnant. And then um, the third thing that I'm really passionate about is, you know, we go to these baby showers and everyone says, aren't you so excited? And you are excited, but you're also nervous and anxious and 
have no idea what's about to happen and you want this space, I would like to provide this safe space for women to be able to come with those other emotions and say, this is where I'm at right now. And just love on me this way. That is beautiful. You know, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Jill and Josh Stanton. Uh, anyway, they're, I think they're expecting a baby soon. And they asked something about, well, what do we need to know? Please keep it positive. And I said, surround yourself with about 10 times more support than you think you need. You know, and it sounds uh-huh. like that's what you're doing for these women in your business. Yeah, I, I am. I just every time I meet someone, I feel if they get the chance to open up and share their vulnerable, where they are and be vulnerable, they, they get so much more out of it and feel that love and support with the community that we're creating together. So I just, I'm so passionate about it because I want women. I personally had the most empowering experiences in my labors. And it was because I felt like I learned so much. I figured out what choices there were to make. And I made the choices for my family, trusting my own instincts. And every woman has that power. And oftentimes it's taken away from them. And that to me is so frustrating because we were, we're blessed. I feel blessed to be a woman and to be able to carry and create life. And I want the choice to bring that life into the world, the way that works for my family and for, you know, myself. Let me ask you this. Um, we have a couple of questions here. Sharon is asking, um, can you say anything about heartburn during pregnancy? Can I say anything about it? Yeah. Do you like it? As, <laughs> as in ways to prevent it? It's not fun. Um, they say that heartburn means that your baby's going to have a lot of hair. But I don't know if you've heard that, but that's what they say. Um, I mean, as far as heartburn, I would say... You know, obviously there's certain foods that you can avoid that are more acidic, like tomatoes or lemon, but it's some, every body is different. And instead of, you know, I think that, I think acceptance of what is happening during your pregnancy, you know, women who have morning sickness or nausea, it's just part of the process. And so breathing into it and accepting as best as you can. But I think, you know, avoiding acidic foods would help. But heartburn is just part of the deal. Part of the deal. You know, um, I, we, earlier we were talking about not grazing throughout the day and how I really believe in eating three solid meals. But I would say during pregnancy is one time where grazing is perfectly acceptable. In fact, doing <laughs> yeah. whatever the hell you want yeah. is perfectly acceptable. <laughs> all exactly. right. So um, aside from the heartburn, for all of our listeners right now who are pregnant or may become pregnant in the near future, what would be your number one like nutrition-based recommendation for them to have a healthy pregnancy and birth experience? Please do not eat for two, first of all. Um, I hate when people use that expression and say that because then generally women have a very hard time losing the extra weight and, you know, then they have a newborn and it's just too much. Um, but I really encourage women to eat a lot of protein, keep themselves, Michelle, you're big on this. And I totally agree that, I mean, your body is doing amazing work in creating another life. Um, I kind of break it down by trimesters. The first trimester is really important just to have overall good health, Um, eat a lot of greens, a lot of protein, and not processed foods. 
second trimester is great. A lot of the baby's bones are growing, so you want to focus on calcium and don't just think all the milk and cheese, but leafy greens have a lot of calcium in them. So focusing on extra uptake second trimester with calcium. And then third trimester, the baby's brain is developing. And so you want to make sure you're getting your fish oil in, omega-3, 6, and 9, you know, throughout the whole time, just eating healthily and not using that excuse that I can eat whatever I want. I love the saying, if you're about to eat something, ask yourself, would you feed this to your newborn baby? Right. So would you like, oh, sweetie, have this donut and see what happens to you. Sugar jacks up, crashes, not fun. Right. Thank you so much, Angela. And I know our listeners would love to learn more about the work that you do. So what is your website URL? It's www.behealthlove.com. B-E-H-E-A-L-T-H-L-O-V-E. Terrific. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed being on. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye, Angela. Bye. Thanks, ladies. Take care. All right. Well, we're about to wrap up in a few minutes, but before we do, I'd love to hear from uh, you guys, Andrea and Lisa, what you learned today, your big takeaways from our discussion about poop and babies. (laughs) Well, I actually feel this sense of relief and calm finally being able to talk about this stuff out loud. You know, like I think that as we said in the beginning, people have such a hard time with this topic and we're going to start a poop revolution. We're going to be talking about it all the time. So it feels great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Lisa has been holding in her poop from her baby for, I don't know, 20 years now. Still hasn't come out. <laughs> 26. She <laughs> finally has the okay. That's okay to poop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank God. Just whisk it away. <laughs> uh, I think I think this topic is so important that we should probably have another a radio show about it. But it's um, you know, like for people on a regular basis, check in. You know, like are you going? Are you going uh, to the bathroom? It's very important. Remember, beginning of the digestive system is the lips. Exit area of the digestive system is your anus, <laughs> right? So these two, they have to be, they're connected, whether we want to think that it's not, um, but it's totally connected. So um, get your digestive system in good health so that you're not building up those toxins on the rear end, on the exit area. Um, yeah. On the rear end. Very good. <laughs> on the caboose. <laughs> we are on the rear end of our show. But before we wrap up, I want to thank a listener named Sharon who left a lovely review for us on iTunes. And she Woo-hoo! said, you guys are bringing useful information to the airwaves and I appreciate your choice of guests and their information. I also truly appreciate the leg up you are giving new coaches in a variety of fields. It promotes the there is enough for everyone school of thought in business. And you know what they say, a rising tide lifts all boats. Well, you are more than welcome, Sharon. I wow. love that. Wow. Gay Sharon. We yes. love that. I want to go sailing with her in her <laughs> Rising tide lifts all boats. Love that. Any other listeners would like to, please, please leave us a review over on uh, iTunes. You can just go to healthyviewradio.com slash review. And once you're there, tell us your favorite parts of the show and what you want to hear more of. Thank you so very much. And we'll be back next week, you guys. Take good care. Bye. (laughs) 
Thank you for tuning in to Healthy View Radio. Please join Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fennighaus again for another fun and insightful edition of our show. We're live again next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. See you soon.